This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing, and this is the Gestalt Gardener, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I know it's a kind of a scary world sometimes, but we're going to call it a great day because we're gardeners and we can help heal a hurting world. We're going to be talking about nothing but gardening for the next hour or so, so and it's a live program. So we're going to take your phone calls and got some cheesy music coming up and a few emails to share, a few tips. So here it is, uh, past the middle of July. We're still in the dog days for another few weeks. We're going to be sitting back, relaxing in the hopefully the cool drive indoors, talking about gardening. Stick with us, folks. We'll be back more. The Gestalt Gardener, right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie welcome back again. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. How are you doing, Sir Jonas? What's going on today besides hot? Well, that's about it, just hot. <laughs> well, you know, this is what, what we do. You know, there's... Uh, a few things we can be doing in the garden. I'm going to talk about that, but did you get the cheesy music I sent today? I definitely did. A, a headbanger's okay, ball, if you will. <laughs> we're going <gonna, laughs> to have to, to give a little heads up about it because you're not your usual peaches and cream type of music. At least but, it's uh, peaches. <laughs> oh, yeah. Electric, yeah, electric fact, guitar and peaches. That's right. That's right. Anyway, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, and I've got plenty of things that, that that we can talk about, but it is going to be a live program, Jonas. And so anytime we get some, some callers, if you'll just let me know, because I'm still over in England. I just got back from uh, uh, going to the Tatton Park um, Royal uh, Flower Show, the Royal Horticulture Society. I'm a member of the American Horticulture Society and the uh, Royal Horticulture Society, but um, the other day when I was at the Tatton Park Flower Show, which is uh, another big deal, they scatter them around the, the country uh, where they have exhibitors, they have people with booth selling garden-related stuff, but they also have a lot of, of uh, set-up pop-up gardens where people come in and, and they build these little gardens, uh, and they're judged. You know, they've got all sorts of uh, awards and things like that. With A lot of prestige goes with them. Uh, a lot of people think about the Chelsea Flower Show, which is a really big one. It's expensive. It's going to cost a million dollars to put up a garden uh, display for a week that's smaller than my front yard, smaller than most people's garages. Uh, but these other flower shows are done by, by local designers, local horticulturists. A lot of times they're done by school children or, or a community college, a trade college, uh, horticulture students. A lot of really good ideas because they're always trying to, to outdo each other keep things simple and bold, and uh, so a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of unusual vegetables and herbs being used as regular flower garden plants. You're going to hardly, it'd be almost impossible to find a good garden display at any flower show over here that doesn't include uh, either containers or borders or or whatever of herbs and vegetables and even fruit plants. Uh, I saw right now it seems like there's a lot of uh, emphasis on peppers, uh, the more you get into summertime over here, the more people are into the warmer things because it is now getting up in the upper 80s and even the 90s in some parts of England. Uh, so peppers are coming in. There's a whole lot of really cool, uh, unusual type of peppers. Uh, a lot are just ornamental, but some are perfectly edible. A lot of small garden ideas, a lot of recycled stuff, mixed planting of small trees with understory shrubs, mixed perennials and annuals, kind of a fuller effect. And rarely do you see lines of anything. It's always what we would call kind of a hodgepodge. But sometimes it's a combination of a small tree and a couple of shrubs and perennials and flowers that works really well. And what they do is they repeat that group uh, in a longer line into a border type things. And one of the things that I found out that makes these kind of gardens look better, that would work better for us, 
Well, you know, here in the South, we, you know, we, we like to keep things kind of neat because of snakes and lizards and too much trouble gardening and, you know, and the heat and humidity and lack of rain and all that. One of the things that, that they do to make it look neat is they plant things in beds that have got stuff added to the dirt so it's mostly salt, partly raised, mulch really well. And so many plants that you can't see the mulch, but they put a distinct line between the flower bed or the shrub bed and the lawn. You know, they'll, they'll either take a shovel and cut straight down, make a crisp edge, and throw that dirt towards the flower bed. Or they use bricks or rocks or, or anything like that, uh, even wood, painted wood, as a flower bed edging. Uh, this gives it a nice crisp look, keeps it neater, and also helps keep a lot of the weeds out of it. So anyway, uh, shallow ditch or anything like that works. Uh, and garden art, every garden. I don't care how big or small patio, uh, large landscape estate. I don't care what style or size garden has got something in it to truly personalize it. Doesn't have to be a great big giant expensive sculpture or even a bottle tree. It could just be an urn. As my friend Neil Odenwall from LSU uh, taught me uh, years and years ago, you can get a million dollars worth of embellishment from a single well-placed urn. This past week, I also went out to the moors up here in northern England to pick wimberries. Wimberries are small, tart, wild blueberries, and they grow really well in the acidic kind of a peat-type soils along the moist creeks in the moors. Moors are low hills with trees and stuff in the valleys, but uh, mostly just blueberries and heathers and heaths and things like that on the top. Anyway, there's a lot of, not a lot of snakes or, uh, and no chicken or anything, but wimberries are about the size of green peas. They're pretty small, so it takes a while to get enough to make a pie or a crumble, but I'm still froze five pints. Uh, this week, I also uh, checked my, my jasmine. I brought a jasmine vine over here to try to root, kind of a yellow-blooming jasmine, and after six weeks, they're still not rooting. I think it might be because my potting soil is not well-trained enough and stays a little wet, but I'm going to add a little perlite and give them another go two or three weeks. Um, also, um, I spent a lot of time watching TV shows. And, Jonas, this is a stupid thing. I Uh-oh. spent too much time watching television waiting for America to wake up because I'm, I'm six hours ahead of y'all. You know, when you wake up at 6 in the morning, it's noon to me. Uh, but anyway, I watch, you know, I've seen my share of John Wayne movies. They watch a lot of old Gunsmoke reruns. And uh, did you ever watch Gunsmoke, Jonas? I never watched it, but I, I'm definitely aware. Okay, well, they... I they, know what it's the, about. Uh, the, Okay, well, the deputy, uh, the deputy sheriff, the, a guy named named uh, Festus Hagen, he had a flousey head and kind of a uh, nasal hillbilly accent. He kind of a goofball, illiterate actor. Turns out, and this is something really stupid because I was looking him up, the actor who played uh, Festus Hagen uh, was for several years a lead singer in the Sons of the Pioneers, you know, Ghost Riders in the Sky, but he was originally the backup vocalist and replacement singer for Frank Sinatra when he was le- left the Tommy Dorsey band. Who knew that kind of stupid stuff? Really? Well, you know, hmm. it, 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 it's not gardening, but you know that's what we do in the morning, waiting for everybody else to wake up. Well, I got uh, one know, I call got, on the line for you. Okay, we got a bunch of emails to share and a couple of other things to yak about, but let's just drop right in. Who we got, Jonas? Frank calling from Jackson about lettuce. Hey, Frank, I hope you're not growing lettuce right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not bitter? Because, you know, when it gets really hot, lettuce gets bitter. Uh, yeah, well, I'm experimenting with it. I was on the Internet, and they <laughs> said if you take the part of the lettuce stalk that is left after you cut off the leaves, you, uh-huh. can, uh, you can replant that. So that's why I was asking you very, you know, never, right point. If I, you know, I've never... I've, I've, never, I've never heard that before. You mean when it starts to flower, when it starts, or, or you mean just the whole base of it? Yeah, the whole base. You cut off the top of the leaves, and you got about uh, half two inches of, of stalk at the bottom. So I put yeah, it in it, water. It, yeah. I put it in, I put it in water, uh, as they suggested, half inch of water, and change the uh, water every day. And sure enough, another romaine lettuce plant is coming up. So okay, so comment this, right on time about is that is that what do I do with it now? Okay, so this is stuff you bought from the store and you're replanting the part you didn't eat. Right. I got you. I was thinking about growing it from seed because when you grow it from seed, you just cut it off and keeps on sprouting. Uh, if it's got roots on it, you might want to try putting in a little bit of potting soil. It doesn't take much. 
because they don't have a real big root, but it's kind of a small pot. And uh, put it where it gets, uh, put it outside where it gets some morning sunshine, but not a bunch of reflected heat, not like on a patio up against the wall, because lettuce grows best in cool weather. And if it gets really hot, it gets kind of bitter. So I put it in a, just a, a shallow container, you know, maybe even something recycled like an old butter dish or something like that, and uh, give it a little bit of fertilizer and at least four, five, six hours of morning sun and enjoy it. And then bring it inside, or what should we do? Did you say well, it's not good for Yeah, it, it's not. Uh, you know, lettuce grows better for us from, you know, September through uh, May or so, maybe early June. It doesn't like the freezing weather in the middle of the winter, and it really hates hot, hot weather. Uh, it tends to go to flower. It's called bolting. Uh, and a lot of times it just simply tastes bitter when it's real, real hot. So I just enjoy it. You know, I mean, a, a lot of salad greens are bitter anyway. It's not going to poison you to try. Hello? Yes. Okay. Yeah, just give it a try. A little bit of potting soil, a little bit of fertilizer, some sunshine, and just, you know, don't don't leave it out in the hot ball and midday sun, and, and let's see how it does. Okay. I'll report back. Thank you. Very cool. Thanks for calling, Frank. Our next call is Mary from Vicksburg. Hey, Mary. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, trying to keep cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, indeed. I was calling about, I have this pitosporum that's way overgrown, uh, uh-huh. and I was wondering... Uh, I had pruned, I had two of them in different locations, and I pruned one in the early spring, and it's it's doing great. But right. it's so hot right now, uh, and it's it's overgrown. And my son was going to come visit me, and I thought he wanted to prune it. And I didn't know if I would kill it if I prune it at this time of year, or do I need to wait till it gets cooler? Oh, it, it won't hurt it at all. There's some plants like uh, Japanese maples and some fruit plants that got real thin bark, and it's hard to prune them. The pitosporum, think of it sort of like a, a, a holly or azalea. won't hurt it at all. Uh, oh, you know okay, good, pruning, good. All right, thank you so much. Have a okay, good day. Enjoy your program. Yourself. Thank Bye. you. To kind of follow up on that, other people might be listening. This is called rejuvenation pruning. When you cut a big plant way down and let it start back over, it's really important to remember that wherever you cut it, the new growth comes out there, and you need to have time for that new growth to come out and toughen up before winter. So we don't want to do any heavy pruning uh, on shrubs past the uh, middle of maybe the end of, uh, of, of August. Try to get your heavy pruning done this month or August and be done with it. And if you have time to tip prune the new growth so it branches out instead of shooting up tall, that's good. But let's get uh, big pruning done sometime the next oh, four, five, six weeks. Who we got, Sir Jonas? Lines are all clear right now. All right. Well, uh, folks need to give us a call. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring, and uh, we can talk about it. He wants to talk about this related gardening. By the way, the naked ladies are coming up in my garden, Jonas. I don't know if you've had them in your yard or not. Not that we want to talk about it. But I have no idea what's going on right now. There's a there's a bulb. A lot of people know about this yellow spider lily. Uh, excuse me, red spider lily that comes up in in September or so. Well, it's it's got a cousin. It's called naked ladies. Some people call it magic lily or surprise lily. But it comes up with no leaves, just a stalk about knee high, with a cluster of pink flowers, no leaves at all. And they're starting to come up in uh, around Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, our part of the country. Um, and so if you have some popping up the yard, just mow around them and enjoy them. They'll, they'll last for, oh, three or four or five weeks before they need to be cut down. But anyway, naked ladies are coming up. And uh, also, uh, I had my daughter come by. She's got to uh, – she's been watering some of my potted plants, and I've had her to check my water garden because uh, water gardens, a lot of times, uh, if, they, if, if they've got a water fountain – or if they're just out in the sun, they're going to evaporate. And I don't want to uh, – she, she needs to top it off. And I'm glad I don't have fish because if anybody's got a water garden that's got fish, it's in the full sun, it can overheat shallow water and actually kill fish. Uh, but then my biggest water feature is in the shade. But if you've got a big water garden, you've got fish in it, be sure that from time to time you put a slow-running hose, not enough to overdose them with, with uh, chlorine, but just put a slow-running slow hose to slowly replace some of that hot water, kind of keep it cool. We got some callers uh, on the line that are being prepared, so to speak. Let's go to a break okay. while we get them together. Okay, no, that'd be that'd be great, uh, folks. I'm horticulture Stella Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener from Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, it's time to start preparing your vegetables for for fall. 
whether it's in the ground or raised beds or pots. It's a good time to set out peppers. If you can find tomato plants or, or root them from suckers, you can plant seeds of squash and okra and bush beans and uh, a little early for lettuce and broccoli, but it's a great time to get ready for a fall harvest of a late summer garden. Again, Horticulture Cell Rushing got some more emails and uh, your phone calls. You're going to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener live here in the deep south, middle of July, right after this. Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Old House Depot. Antique windows, doors, shutters, flooring, and exposed beams. Architectural salvage, custom carpentry, you name it. Open 9 to 5 Monday through Saturday, 639 Monroe Street in Jackson. OldHouseDepot.com. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. MPB Think Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you'd like help spreading the word, send us an email. You've got mail. To PSA at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back, folks. Again, Horticulture is still rushing. The Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Uh, there's a real interesting thing going on this weekend, this Saturday up in Oxford. The Oxford Community Garden, which is one of the coolest uh, in the state, Oxford Community Garden is holding a free workshop on fermentation. That's how to make your own sauerkraut and other pickled vegetables from your own garden in your own kitchen. Uh, the event is free. It's going to be at the Oxford Public Library, the auditorium, Saturday, July 23rd, from 2 to 4. Again, it's free about how to make sauerkraut and, and pickled vegetables, pickled okra, pickle, all that kind of stuff. It's a free thing. And they can have door prizes and samples for those who come. But, again, uh, 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, the Oxford Public Library Auditorium, this Saturday, July 23rd, all about fermenting your own sauerkraut. And no other vegetable, nothing like some pickled okra to get through the winter time. We got some callers on the line, Jonas. Yes, we have plenty. We have a full load of callers right now. <laughs> and the first one is Jim from Alabama calling about lemon trees. Hey, Jim. Good morning. What part of Alabama are you calling from? Sims, Alabama. All right. What's up? I, I've got a question about my lemon tree. I've got a Meyer lemon. And I've got 28 lemons on it, but a lot of them are on the very edge of the uh, branches, uh, and it's causing the branches to uh, droop on the tree. Yeah. I was yeah. wondering if I could just tie them up, or do I have to take those oh, those uh, those lemons off so it doesn't droop? Well, I would do a combination, because how big are the lemons now? They're about the size of a store-bought lemon, so they're, they're okay. getting, you know, they're, they're about, you know, yeah. not as big as the Myers get, but they're about the size yeah. of a yeah. store-bought lemon. Yeah, what I was getting, this is kind of extra information. In the springtime, when they're forming, when they're about the size of a grape, if you thin them out, if you thin them out then, then the ones that are left will get bigger. It, but mm-hmm. you know, once they start getting, once they start getting bigger, it's not going to fit. So I would only take them off. It's going to keep a branch from breaking. Uh, you can tie them up. You know, just you know, use something like uh, like pantyhose or strips of cut, something that's not going to uh, cut into the branch because otherwise the branch might actually break off right where you tie it up. You might even need to tie some branches in two places. You know, uh, one further out, one far ways in because one one tie can sometimes it'll break right there. That's all I would okay. And next spring, think think about this uh, next uh, spring before they get much bigger than about a marble. Okay, yeah, because I'd hate to get rid of them now because they're beautiful. Oh, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, they, and, and there's no real benefit. But, again, the main thing is uh, is tie the branches to something that, that's wide and uh, maybe, maybe tie them twice. Okay, will do. Thank you so much. Okay, hey, appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Have a great day. What's up? You bet. Appreciate it. I, I really get, enjoy getting calls from uh, South Alabama, from Arkansas, Louisiana, Tennessee, 
even though it's Mississippi Public Broadcasting, this is about gardening in the South. Give us a, and it's live, too. Give us a call. Who we got, Jonas? Next is Nora from Pass Christiane about the Palms. Hey, Nora, good morning. What's up? Good morning. How are you? So far, so good. Good. I am dealing with a sago palm that no one ever, you know, cut the pups off. So I've got four huge sago palms coming out of one spot here, and they're each about 10 inches across. I'm asking if I can separate them. I mean, will they survive? They can. It's not the best thing because because when you pull them off, you're not they're not going to have any roots with them. If it's possible to divide them and get a little piece of that sort of fuzzy root type thing with them, that'd be better. But the bigger it is, the harder it is for them to. Uh, and you can give it a try, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd do it this time of year when it's so hot out there. Okay, so what time of year would would you suggest? Anytime there's not too much stress on them, you know, you could. In the fall, you could do it in, in the winter or the spring. But the main thing is right now, plants are under a lot of stress. And even though palms don't have a, a you know real roots, so to speak, um, okay. you know, they can suffer. And if you try to water them a lot, that can overdo it. Well, now, what if I tried to cut off maybe two of them? Because, I mean, it, it just, it's getting too big for the spot that it's in. Am I going to kill it? No, you're not going to kill the part that's left. But, you know, you need to wear some gloves because they're pretty spiny down there. And twist it or try to twist it pull it. Probably if you can, get a piece of, if there's any root there, to get a piece of root with it. That'll help a lot. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank you so very much. Okay. Appreciate your call. Uh-huh. I got Bye-bye. a... By the way, I got an email from Ellie Gulledge uh, who wrote that she took my suggestion uh, this past month and rooted some gardenia cuttings in water, and it worked. But she said, do I put them in pots or plant them in the ground? How much sun can they take? I said, go ahead and either, if you could put, put them in the ground, plant them, you know, dig a nice big hole and plant some flowers there, and then water the plants, which is more than enough for the gardenias, too. But uh, I think I'd put them up in a – I just rooted some – um, uh, rosemary. I'm gonna put it in a little small pot till it gets a little bit better roots. Set it out this fall when it's not quite so hot. Who we got, Jonas? Up next is Shelby calling from Memphis about pruning hey. for for Cynthia's. Did I say that right? For, yeah, you you did you did. Actually, it's for Cynthia. I may have forgotten it for but nobody says that. Hey, Shelby, are you really uh, named after the county? Uh, I'm not. It's a family name. I get that a lot, though. My name's on all the license plates here. Yeah, what can I help you with about your, your forsythia? Um, we just planted a flowering quincea forsythia in late spring. Um, they seem to be doing well. They're sending up some pretty long shoots, and I just heard you say that there's still time for pruning back shrubs, but I wanted to know if that applies to spring-blooming shrubs, if you would still prune those back. You can, but it's getting pretty late. It's yeah, mm-hmm. pretty late. Uh, if you just plant it this spring, what I would do is I would cut some and leave some. Keep it in mind that wherever you make a cut, it's going to branch out right there. So you could leave some and then cut some halfway back and some two-thirds back. So, so more layered effect. And that way you just got insurance in case the new growth doesn't have time to bloom next spring. Okay, wonderful. That's Thank it. you so much. All right. That's it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. LB. Oh, boy, it's a tough time of year to be planting stuff, folks. If you dig wide holes, add a little stuff to your native dirt. And the most important thing is to cover the ground with mulch. Keep it cool. Keep it from wicking dry. This applies to flowers, to shrubs, to anything. Mulches really, really help. But put them in a donut ring, not a fire ant mound. Don't mound mulch up on shrubs. Make a ring and then water at the base of the plants. And uh, I think it's really, really important to keep plants moist but not wet. If you're watering even new plants more than every week or two, you're likely to cause them to have rotted roots. So good deep soaking every week or two at the most. Who we got, Jonas? We have Charlotte calling from Cleveland about morning glory. All righty. Hey, Charlotte, good morning. What's going on in the Delta? Um, it's really hot and humid here. Oh, um, oh yeah. I live... Uh, I'm right here. I live near Delta State campus, and um, I do a lot of balcony gardening, uh, have an uh-huh. apartment. Um, I, I have about 40 basil plants now that I'm getting ready to sell. But my main question is about morning glories. Uh, I grow 
Grandpa Ott and Scarlett O'Hara Morning Glories. I normally uh-huh. save the seed every year for planting next year, but I want to ask, can I grow them um, in the house this winter? Would they do okay indoors? They 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 probably won't. I'm, and the reason I'm saying that because you got an apartment, window space is probably at a premium. But indoors, when we turn our heaters on in the winter time, it sucks the humidity out of the air, and uh, the things like that need not just bright light and warmth, but they also need humidity. And it's really really hard to grow things that you can grow easily from seed. Try to keep them over. So I mean, okay. I, I I I wouldn't give. Them. By the way, Grandpa, uh, that's you know, Did you get the seeds from Seed Savers Exchange? Uh, no, I found it at um, Dollar General. Okay, well, because there's a group called Seed Savers Exchange up in uh, Minnesota, and they they've been collecting and saving heirloom varieties of all sorts of stuff for decades now. They're, for the matter of fact, I think they had their 40th anniversary last year, maybe 50. Anyway, Grandpa Ott was what got them started saving the seeds of their grandpa named Ott Morning Glory. It's a, just a stupid little story. But anyway, I would save seeds rather than try to keep a, a an easy-to-grow plant indoors over the winter in low humidity. Okay. I, I did read their history online, and it's very interesting. Yep, yep, it is. Anyway, half, half, besides that, they're probably going to get spider mites indoors. You know, morning glories are bad about spider mites anyway, but low humidity, they, they can just wipe them out indoors. Okay, thank you. Okay, appreciate you calling. And I don't know why she couldn't give it a try anyway. Just space could be at a premium in an apartment in the winter, even in the Delta. What's up, Sir Jonas? Next caller is from Biloxi. It's Clark. Morning, Clark. What's up? How you doing, Felder? So far, so good. Well, I got a little. I got a little suggestion I use on my ponds. You were talking about uh, putting water back in your ponds during the hot portions of the summer. Yeah, without overdoing it too, without shocking the the the, the things. Yeah, well, what I do is I ran a pipe from my uh, drip on my central unit oh, and ran it in, and ran it to my pond and. Uh, and it keeps my pond completely full all winter long, especially when it's hot, because that's when the air conditioner runs. And it's, and it's distilled good. water. That's a terrific idea. What a great idea. It's a distilled water, so it doesn't hurt my fish, because if you put water in with your, with your hose, you got chlorine in it, and it can kill yeah. you know, it. It'll, it'll affect your fish, and you don't ever yeah. have to bother with it. And if it overruns a little bit, so what? Yeah, that's right. That puts you put your flower downstream from it. That's a great yeah. idea. I know my air conditioner when it runs, it just I mean it just this time of year it just gushes. And it's great yeah. water for plants. It's distilled. Well, it's distilled water. You can't get any better than that. That's a great idea, man. I appreciate I, I know a lot of people jotting that tip down. Thanks, man. That's a good one. Well, appreciate you know, it. and it and it and it, you know, it does it it's recycling. <laughs> yep, that's right. All right, man, appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Yeah, that was a good one. There's a lot of water coming out of air conditioner. Uh, That's a great idea, man. I know a lot of people. Jonas, I got a little feedback going here. There we go. (laughs) Sorry about that. There we go. You pushed the wrong button. I can't believe it. You pushed the wrong button. That's the thing. I didn't press the button quick enough. (laughs) What's going on? When when are we going to do our cheesy music? We'll take this. We'll take one more call. The right before the cheesy music is Dorothy calling from DeKalb about snowball bushes. Hey, Dorothy. Good morning. What's up with your with your snowball viburnum? Ain't it a great plant? Good morning. Yes, it is. I have about five or six, and the others are kind of small. But this one is maybe six or seven feet tall, and it blooms. All it's still got a bloom on it now, and it'll bloom in right. October. And it's huge. And I'm wondering, should I cut it back or what? Well, they can actually become almost like small trees. I've seen them I like know. small trees. You know, there's and there's different kinds of snowball viburnums, but uh, some some will. Get, so it really depends on what you want to do. If you wanted to, if you wanted to, you can limit up into a, like a small umbrella shaped tree and grow other stuff underneath it. If you wanted to, yeah. But if you wanted to, if you wanted to cut it back again, it, we're still we're well within the time for for hard pruning shrubs, but getting starting to push it for spring bloomers. So middle of August is the latest I'd prune it hard. 
Is that that also the time span for the double knockout rose bushes? No, no, no. A rose is a summer bloomer. So, you know, they bloom on new growth. You can prune them hard in the winter. You can prune them again in the summer. Even the late summer, they put on a new. But I'm thinking in terms of things that are traditional spring bloomers. Yeah. You want so to, if you I, if I trim, the, the double knockouts are just growing big, big, long runners, and they aren't pretty. Can I just cut all that part off right now and it'll be okay? Sure can. And, and if you leave some, some good-sized stones, they'll put out new growth and bloom on that new growth. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right, appreciate it, Dorothy. Okay. This is live. This is uh, live radio. If you want to give us a call, or we're going to take a little break and listen to some cheesy music. Um, horticulture, stellar Russian. But Jonas, let me ask you something. Sure. I don't know if I want to get too personal here, but you you pop party DJ. Do you when you play DJ music at parties? Do you choose what the crowd seems to want, or do you kind of manipulate the party mood a little bit? I the first thing I do is look at the crowd and try to give them what they want, and then I manipulate after that. <laughs> well, I'm I'm not sure today's music what everybody wants, but uh, it was sent in uh, by a listener who actually is a teenager. Uh, this is a, a program called Teaches by a group called the Presidents of the United States of America. It was suggested by George William Anglin, who's a sophomore Bali student in Mississippi College. This tune too was given a uh, nominated as a Grammy before this guy was even warm. Anyway, it's not it's a little head thingy, but. Folks, we got to play all kinds of music here on Gestalt Gardener, Peaches by the Presidents of the United States of America. We'll be right back. Moving to the country, I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. Peaches come from a can, they were put there by a man in a factory downtown. And if I I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches Moving to the country I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches Moving to the country Gonna eat a lot of peaches Moving to the country Gonna eat a lot of peaches Public Media app is available now. Watch MPB TV, listen to MPB Think and Music Radio, and stay in the know with MPB News. Search for the MPB Public Media app in the App Store and Google Play stores today. This is Scott Beretta, host of Highway 61. 
Each week on the show, we explore a different aspect of the blues tradition. Join me every Saturday night at 10 p.m. and Sunday at 6 p.m. here on MPB. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back again. That was President of the United States of America singing pieces. That was a sort of an alt-rock group from Seattle back in the 90s and uh, early 2000s. And I appreciate that. Send in my t- teenagers. So we get trying to spread out the polka music and the country western and the stuff and try to reach everybody we can with as cheesy music as we can find. Uh, we got any callers on the line, Jonas? So we need to give the numbers or what? Go ahead and give the number because the lines are all clear. And usually when I say that, they ignite. So, yeah, okay. you can go ahead and give the number. All right, it's toll-free, folks, one eight seven seven mpb ring I'd like to remind you that I answer my email. So if you have a garden question, plant to be identified, a strange weed, uh, some comments, some things I need to talk about, or some cheesy music, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. I got one this past week from the Oxford Community Gardening Association. They have a free workshop this Saturday, July 23rd, from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. It's a free program at the Oxford Public Library Auditorium on fermentation, how to make your own sauerkraut, pickled okra, other pickled vegetables from your own garden or a farmer's market or your own kitchen. Now, if you've got some events that are related to gardening, want me to produce or I'd be, be, uh, to promote, I'd be, be happy to. Shoot us an email anytime, garden at mpbonline.org. We have uh, callers being prepared right now. but uh, Okay. Well, oh, wait, we do have a call. We got one. It's Harry in Oxford. Hey, Harry. Good morning, sir. What's up in Lafayette County? Man, it's hot up here. Hot up here. Yeah. Yes, and humid. I'm trying to grow pumpkins. Last year, I went out around my neighborhood and all of these gorgeous heirloom pumpkins are on the side of the street. So I decided to pick them up, take the seeds out, dry them, kept them in the refrigerator all winter, and then I started planting them uh, about the last 10 days, two weeks, something like that. So they're starting to bloom now, but I'm noticing my bloom, some of my blooms are falling off. And I had talked to somebody not long ago and said that a lot of times the Cinderella pumpkins and those uh, heirloom pumpkins are genetically raised to where they will not produce fruit again. Right, is that is that the case? You think? No, not really. Now here's the deal: when you when you get a when you buy pumpkin seeds, unless you get them from an heirloom place where they're grown separately, a lot of times those pumpkin seeds can be hybrids. If you plant a yellow squash and a and a zucchini squash side by side. They, you'll still have yellow squash and zucchini squash, but their seeds will be a hybrid of something else the next year. So you really can't count on them coming true to seed is what I'm saying. Uh, but if they're, if they're an old variety, you know, you can save the seeds and no big deal. Here's a real problem. You know the difference between male and female flowers on those plants? I have no idea. Okay, go out and look at them sometime. There's two kinds of flowers on squash, pumpkins, gourds, things like that. Separate male and female. The male flower, and they look alike. Male flowers on the end of a stem. Female flowers on the end of what look like a small pumpkin or gourd or squash. And if you don't have both of them open at the same time and a bead to take pollen from the male to the female, they're just going to shrivel up. The male's going to fall off anyway, but the female, what looks like a little pumpkin, will shrivel up and fall off because it didn't get pollinated. So check your plants for both male and female. I've got a picture of this, by the way, on my website, net. Just scroll down, and the squash blossoms and uh, uh, pumpkin blossoms very similar. Anyway, you can break a male flower off, stem and all, peel the yellow petals off, and use it like a little paintbrush and put pollen inside that little yellow thing inside an open female flower, and you've done what the bees would have done normally. So just, just check that. Also, if your plants are real, real thick or they're staying way too wet, then uh, a lot of times they may have almost all male flowers. Okay. Now, do you think if now I I, I I got a lot of seeds. For instance, I probably got over a half gallon of seeds, and I I planted about an acre 
of pumpkins. So I've got a lot wow. of plants coming up. I mean, <laughs> I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing. So this is kind of a... <laughs> Well, let's let's just hope you got some bees out there. Check for the separate male and female flowers, and as long as you've got, you may have a lot of males for a short while, and it usually averages out. But as long as you've got bees out there working, uh, the flowers uh, shouldn't be that much a problem. It is really important to thin them out, though, so they're not, you know, so they're not vines growing out of the same hill. They'll compete with each other. Good deal. All right, thank you. Good luck on it. That's a lot of pumpkin. By the way, speaking of pollinators, let me throw this out. This is one of those oddball things. But this coming week, starting this weekend, is National Moth Week. Not Butterfly Week. National Moth Week. Not making this up. You know, a lot of people say, what's the beat? Some of our prettiest uh, evening creatures are the huge moths we have all over the South. If you want to know more about it, by the way, there's over 10 times as many different moths in North America as there are butterflies. If you want to check out that and also some fun activity to do with kids, just Google National Moth Week and take it from there. I mean, where are you going to hear this except here on National Public Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, the Stall Garden? We have Gene calling from Jackson about pineapples. Hey, hey, Gene, thanks for stopping. Hey, hello, uh, Elder. Uh, good morning. Uh, I've got a pineapple plant that has a, yeah. has a fruit on it. The fruit has come on. The fruit is, it, the fruit is about the size of, uh, if you were to take both fists and put them together. Right. When is a good time? When is the time to harvest this thing? Well, it's hard to say because those things normally, when they're growing in the fields of, of like Florida or Hawaii, and I've been to pineapple uh, fields in, in Hawaii, they usually take about two years from when they get started to when they're harvested, when they're big. But if you're going to, in central Mississippi or anywhere in, in, in the southeast, it may not get as big as it normally would because it's not getting the sunshine, the humidity. So I would just give it a little bit of fertilizer and, and every now and then squeeze it. When it starts to feel a little soft and starts smelling like a pineapple, that's when to grab it. Okay. Then it's got shoots. I've got some shoots that's coming on it. Should I leave the shoot on or take them off so that it would feed the plant better? Or... Uh, are, these, uh, are these going at the base of your big plant or around the base of the pineapple-looking thing? Uh, they are about halfway. Yeah, so, you know, those bromelia, same family as Spanish moths, you can just break those off and uh, put them in some potting soil, start this new plant. Uh, okay, okay, so it would be better to just take, it'll take them off, and that way it will feed the, the fruit better. Oh, it's, no, it's not that big a deal. That, that, they're not going to What it needs is sunshine, half-strength fertilizer, and a little water. That's okay. what it needs. All right. Thank you so much. Good luck, Art. Appreciate it. Ready for right, a call sir, from yeah. Meridian? Sure. Heck yeah. Let's go to, to, to Meridian. What's up in Lauderdale County? Good morning, sir. It's Dansby. Hello. 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 I'm What's calling about, about pickling tomatoes and, uh, and uh, okra. How do you go about pickling tomatoes and okra? I don't know. I've never done it. I, and I'd love to answer your question, but, you know, the, the, when I found out they're having a workshop on that this weekend, uh, it made me think, I don't really know how to do that. But I know you can do it with vinegar and stuff. I tell you what, uh, if you can shoot me an email or I will talk about it next week, I'll know a lot more about it. But I don't know. Maybe somebody. Maybe we've got time for somebody to give us real quick instructions uh, while we're on the radio. But otherwise, shoot me an email or tune in next week, and let's see what I can come up with. Okay, then. Thank you so much, yeah. All right. Appreciate it. You know, Jonas, Jonas, uh, if you don't know something, that's called ignorant. If you can't learn or don't want to learn, that's called stupid. And and I'm not stupid. I'm just ignorant. I will find out about pickling okra and tomatoes before we get on the air next Friday. And we got to go to a quick break. All righty, let's do that. And I appreciate it, Jonas. You're working your tail off. You know, when I'm when I'm not in the studio, it's not quite as fun because you can't make faces at me and tell me what to do in my ear and stuff. But yeah, we can't spill coffee hard. together. That's right. That's right. Uh, who's our call screener this week? Actually, it's been two people. It was Jason Klein, and now it's Sam Wills. All right, we got a couple of big wigs there doing it. Hot dogs. Well, folks, we're gonna take a little break and come back just a couple of minutes or so. This is the Gestalt Garden. It's a- Production of Mississippi, one of several weekly, I mean, we got like 10 or 15 every week locally produced programs here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
be tuned, be sure to go to our website, mpbonline.org, and find out what you can find out about what kind of programs might interest you, because we've got them all week long. We'll be right back with the Gestalt Garden right after this. More than two centuries ago, the first American president took office. And next year, the 45th will take office. Follow history in the making. Right here on this station. Listen every day. Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. The Thacker Mountain Radio Hour returns to the Neshoba County Fair this Saturday, July 23rd at 8 p.m. Our guest will be American Idol semifinalist Amelia Eisenhower, bluesman Leo Bud Welch, and author Harrison Scott Key, plus our house band, the Yellow Bushwhackers. More information at NeshobaCountyFair.org. It's the Thacker Mountain Radio Hour this Saturday at the Neshoba County Fair in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Here comes Jim This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All right, folks, welcome back. Horticulture Cellar Rushing, taking your calls about what's going on or not in your hot Southern July garden. Who we got, Sir Jonas? Line's all clear right now. We have some time to take a couple more callers. I can't believe that, but let me throw this out. I've got an email from, from a listener from Mississippi named Peggy Quavis, who happens to be living in Germany for a couple of years. She wants to know about using soap to control aphids on her plants. It seemed to burn some of her leaves. And to point out that using dish soap, regular dish detergent, it will burn the leaves of a lot of plants when it's hot and dry. When we say insecticidal soap, the stuff they sell in garden centers, insecticidal soap, is not really a soap. It's just called that. It's a natural fatty acid. Anyway, using dish detergent soap on your plants, it's kind of summer heat. Come burn some of your plants and just be be light with it. Also got an email from uh, from uh, let's see if I can find it real real quick. Where where is it? A uh, Pat Olive, uh, excuse me, Pat Carter from Olive Branch. She's making a presentation to her Dirt Diggers Garden Club about treating eggshells before using them in the garden. A lot of people say crumble up eggshells and put them in the garden and they'll give you calcium. Well, it's not really that easy because even if you grind them up really really fine, eggshells are made out of calcium carbonate, which is like teeth and bones. It takes forever to break down. But if you'll soak them for an hour or two or even overnight in a little vinegar, finely crumbled up, pulverized eggshells and a little house soap, just plain old white or yellow vinegar, it neutralizes acid in the vinegar, but it turns the calcium carbonate into this stuff that's called calcium acetate, which is what plants use. So you can really speed up eggshells in your tomatoes by mixing them with a little, crumbling them up, mixing them with a little vinegar, and let them fizz for a little while before you use them. How about it now, Jonas? Yes, we have one call on the line. It's Reva from Gulfport. Hey, Reva. Good morning. How are you? We're doing okay underneath these dark, cloudy skies we got down here. Hope for some rain. Yeah, well, no, I don't need no more rain. We had rain down here. <laughs> what can I help I, you with? I've, I've got uh, a gorgeous Texas star hibiscus that's been blooming, and it set out a seed pod. And I was wondering, do I need to leave that on the plant until that seed pod completely dries out before I take it off, or can I take yeah, it off yeah. while it's still green? Let the, let the seeds mature inside. Uh, th- think of it as a fancy kind of okra because they're in the okra and uh, hibiscus in the same family. Let that seed pod, you know, turn brown and harden, and the seeds inside will be dark and firm. A whole lot easier that way. Let them mature is what I'm saying. All righty. Sounds good. All righty. Hey, and by the way, I can't grow that plant in my yard. You can't. No, because it looks so much like marijuana, and I got long hair. It looks like I look. I can't grow stuff that even I, looks I, like I've that. I've already had the county sheriff on my back porch looking <laughs> cross-eyed at that thing. <laughs> it's a wonderful native hibiscus, a terrific plant. Congratulations. Oh, it's gorgeous. Good. Appreciate your call. All right. All righty. Yeah, there's some plants that I just can't get away with the growth because the way I look. That's just the way it is, though. We have one more caller, too. J.J. from Jackson. <laughs> Hey, JJ, good morning. How are you? Elder, good morning. Howdy, what's up? 
I've got a, a question for you. I was hoping you could kind of settle a disagreement my wife and I are having about watering our uh, yard and our plants. It feels Ooh. like if I uh, don't get out there before uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, it'll be too late. I, I say as long as I'm done by 10 or 10.30, I'm okay. What do you think? Well, it's not so much what I think is what the facts are. If you water in the middle of the day when the sun is out, a lot of it evaporates rather than going down deep. So, uh, you know, it's better to water early enough so that it can soak in before it evaporates. You lose a lot of water when the sun is out. You can also, it's not likely to scald your plants or anything like that, but more or less uh, trying to water late enough in the evening so that the can soak in and the grass dries off before dark early enough in the morning. We're just trying to avoid wasting water is all. And uh, speaking of wasting water, <clears throat> don't want to start an argument here, but if you, you're in Bellhaven, right? Close, yeah. Okay. If you'll ride around, you'll notice that there are a lot of beautiful lawns there that never, ever get watered. And so that, t- that should tell you that if you're watering more than every week or two, it's not necessary. And the fact is, if you water grass more than every week or two, it actually causes problems. Not my opinion. This is what I was taught in turf management. And it's absolutely every publication in the South says no more than every week or two at the most, even in Texas and Florida. So the real question is you water really, really well and then let it almost surface before you do it again. That helps your grass and doesn't waste water. All right. The same thing apply to plants? Well, no, you know, container plants going to dry out more quickly. You know, shrubs, uh, again, you know, right around older parts of the neighborhood, some people don't even have a hose and their gardens look good. But new plants, uh, uh, plants in pots, annuals, vegetables, they're going to need water more than shrubs and, and, and trees. Lawns only need a good soaking at the most every week or two, at the very most. And, again, not my opinion. It's what every turf person on earth says. I appreciate but the time it. of day, it's just just wasting time. It's just wasting water if you water middle of the day. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right, appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that's going to wrap us up for got, today. We got about a minute. How much time we, about a minute. Have you well, got to start the music in about a minute? I'm, in thirty seconds, I'm starting the music. Okay. Well, let me let me throw out a couple of emails real quick first. I got an email from Vonda Burroughs in Tupelo. She said her husband always tunes in. I talk about laws. She did nothing. They, they did nothing of this for years, and then they started raising the mower, not watering as much, not fertilizing too much, and they don't. And they've gotten rid of a lot of the weeds, not the mow as much. So if you raise your mower a notch this time of year, it really helps the grass cope with the heat and drought. Water it really well every week or two, at least once a month. That will help your grass just about more than anything. A whole lot of stuff going on, folks. Gestalt Gardener is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. And uh, there's a lot of stuff I don't know. You can help me out by emailing me at garden at mpbonline.org. My producer today has been Sir Jonas Adams. Our phone greeters were Jason Klein and Sam Wells. I'm your host, Horticulture's Fellow Rushing, and here's hoping your garden fares well and you're staying cool and hydrated. And remember, gardening is a way to help heal a hurting world. Mow your grass high. If you're not, and if you're going anywhere near a garden center or a farmer's market, take your kid or two with you. Make it a field trip. Check out National Moth, National Moth Week and see if you can find an opportunity indoors or out to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you next week. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.